I'm sure most of you recognize the name if I commented the name Bill Russell. How many people here know the name Bill Russell? Let's get a hands up if you know that name. Okay, the good majority. Well, he's one of the most prized athletes in the four major professional sports of all time. As a player, Russell was the first to win the NCAA championship, win an NBA championship, and a gold medal. He's the first one to win all three of those things. He was an NBA champion, get this, 11 times out of his 13 seasons that he played. 11 out of 13. He was a five-time most valuable player, 12-time all-star, 11-time first-team NBA member, four-time rebounding champion. His uniform number six was retired both in the NCAA and in the NBA. He was an accomplished shot blocker that was absolutely unbelievable. He revolutionized all of defense in, in basketball. Bill Russell was obviously inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame. He was also named as one of the top 50 players of all time. Some would argue that he was the best player of all time because of his accolades. In fact, the, the award given to the best player at the NBA Finals was named, renamed, the Bill Russell Most Valuable Player. Oh, by the way, he also won two high school state championships uh, when he played basketball in high school. He was an accomplished athlete. Off the court, Bill Russell was extremely active in civil rights movement in the 1960s. He, he served along many different people in order to get uh, rights for the African Americans. He was the first African American to ever become an NBA coach. He did that in 1966. And throughout his, his life, he has continued that path. It would be safe to say that Bill Russell was extremely accomplished both as an athlete and as an individual for the United States. Well, today, they thought that they would give him a different award. On June 15, 2017, Bill Russell received the inaugural award of the NBA Lifetime Achievement. He's the first person, currently the only person, with the Lifetime Achievement Award given by the NBA. And many organizations give lifetime achievement awards for, for things that they have accomplished over not just their career, but over a lifetime. On and off courts, on and off organizations, and what you're doing in your life. And today we're going to take a closer look at someone who should receive the Christian Lifetime Achievement Award. From what we can read in Scripture and from what you and I both know in history, the disciple named Stephen never put a round piece of leather into a basket. I searched for it. I could not find it. Stephen never got a gold medal for his athletic ability. However, we can truly learn so much about Stephen and what he accomplished in his lifetime with the short glimpse that we have. 
We're going to read verses 8 through 15 in the 6th chapter of Acts to learn more about Stephen. We won't look at his entire life, but we will glean some great information. Would you join me in standing as I read verses 8 through 15 in Acts chapter 6? And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedom, freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians, and of the Alexandrians, and of those in Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. Verse 13. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at them, all who sat in the council saw face was like the face of an angel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless our time. May you speak to us today. In your name. Amen. You see well, if we were to give the Christian Lifetime Achievement Award to the disciple Stephen, we need to look at what this involves, and we need to examine how one might receive this accolade. Before we, we, we go there, we need to remember that there's an important principle in our study of passages just like this one. You see, the, the reason we study biblical characters like Stephen is to help us in our walk, not to hinder us. You might want to write that in your notes. When we study any biblical characters, when we look at scripture and we're looking at and examining someone's life, it is to help us, not to hinder us. I love to read books and watch movies of, of things that are, that are extremely inspirational and motivating. In 2002, Sherry and I, along with two other couples, we chose to go to a premiere, an opening night of a movie that was truly inspirational. When we went in, we walked in there, the movie was sold out. Unbelievable. They found six seats for us, though. There are two seats in the front left that Sherry and I grabbed. We looked straight up in the air and watched that entire movie. Man, it was great. I was inspired. I was moved. The action, the drama, even the comedy that they put in it. Sherry, she wasn't so excited about it. I think in the midst of the movie, she went out and made some phone calls. <laughs> when we exited the movie, myself and a couple of the other guys, we were trying to reenact the scenes because we were moved. We were excited about the story that we read, the story that we watched. Well, Sherry, 
she looked at us and she said, how in the world could you enjoy a movie where a guy is dressed in tights, swinging around the city? You see Columbia Pictures and, and Marvel Comics put together, brought back a classic, Spider-Man, in 2002. Sherry and I saw the exact same movie. But we had completely different responses. Sherry, she just wanted to disregard it, thinking it was fake, far-fetched. It was a waste of time, maybe, even to watch it. Me, on the other hand, man, I was driven by it. I was driven by it, almost thinking that I could replicate the climb and crime fighting of Peter Parker. Others looked at this movie and were absolutely discouraged because of the cast that was the character, the, the actors that were cast into the movie that didn't follow the comic book exactly right. But what's the point? We read biographies of Bill's characters. We can, we can glean a lot from them. Our response to those stories is critical, though. Our response to those categories is critical. We can find ourselves reading through stories, not spending time analyzing them at all. We can, we can look at the stories and, and not even think about them. We, sometimes we actually get bored and, and get complacent. Or we can look at them and, and just completely, it could discourage us. You think this, is, this is a waste of time. This isn't something that we need to be even digging into. It, it doesn't matter. Or third, we can allow it to challenge us. We can look into it and see, dig in and say, how can this move us to a different level? You remember when we went through the story of Joseph? I don't know how many months ago we dug in uh, in Genesis and, and read about Joseph. What did you take from that story? Were you looking at the life of Joseph, and was it moving you? Was it motivating you? Was it causing you change in your life? That's a big question. Because when we dig into Scripture, it's not supposed to be just to get through that task of reading it. When we read a story about someone like, a person like the disciple Stephen, it's supposed to cause life change. It's supposed to actually make you move from point A to point B. How about when you read David or, or the apostles? When you, when you read about Peter, are you, are you changed? Does it, does it cause you to think and to rethink? Does it, do you, are you saying, Holy Spirit, will you help me grow from this? When I read a book or when I watch a movie, even if it's about a crazy guy in tights, I'm looking for how can this inspire me? What is the message that I can take from this to actually move me forward? And I know that's not an inspired word. I just want to become a stronger leader in my life and a leader who's bringing forth the gospel. My father told me, through high school, he told me this all the time, he said he listened to an interview with Larry Bird. How many of you have heard the name Larry Bird before? Okay, thanks, Ty. This is Larry Bird. He listened to an interview with Larry Bird, and, 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 and Larry said, 
said that he became the athlete he was, yeah, because he worked, but because he stole the ideas from other people. He watched somebody else, how they shot, and he said, ooh, I like the way he's releasing the ball. He watched other people who were great defenders, and then he tried to figure out what were they doing to prepare to be a defensive player. He watched how they passed the ball. He watched Pistol Pete passing, passing the ball, and, and he stole Pistol Pete ideas. And, and that's exactly what I'm getting at. My dad was saying, take other people's ideas that you can implement in all of life, not just sports, and make them your own. You don't have to replicate. You don't have to be that person. You, you shouldn't be. But take their ideas and bring them into yourself and improve who you are. It's just like Stephen. We look at Stephen and we see what did he do well? How did he do it? How is he so accomplished that lifetime achievement? How is he honoring God? Can I replicate those things? Scripture tells us that Stephen was a man full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, full of grace, full of faith. Stephen was full of power. And I've commented about this before, but when you're full, something has to ooze out. When you're full of rage, guess what? You start showing anger. When you're full of envy, you start conspiring how you can get somebody else's stuff. When you're full of joy, the only thing, your only response is happiness. And you smile and laughter. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, just like it says in Acts 2 and Acts 6 and 7, you have one response. You praise God. You praise God. Asking the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit is a continuous thing that we have to do. You see, when we give our life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. But continuously we need to go to the Lord asking to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can preach His name. We want to be filled up. So, if you ever intend to receive the Christian Lifetime Achievement Award, we need to resemble an influential person. In this case, we're going to look at Stephen, because he's a great example. He's a great example of, of how to do two major things. First, walk like a Christian. Walk like a Christian. We see in, in this chapter, in, in chapter 6, we saw earlier, we saw last week, that Stephen was chosen to be one of the seven, and he was chosen by his peers. And that is a very humbling situation. When your peers choose you to, to lift you up into a place of leadership, into a place where you are the one who is being asked, can you meet these needs? We see you as somebody who's reputable. Somebody that is honoring to God. 
He was walking through life. Stephen was. With the ability to hold his head high because he knew he was serving God. He understood that he was serving the king. He was contributing. He was contributing to his church. He was contributing to his community. He was contributing to the people that he had influence over. We see that he went to his former synagogue. Those are important things. Stephen was confident in one specific thing. And this is super great to see. He was confident in his salvation. Because he knew who his Savior was and he knew him well. How about you? That's a serious question. Are you confident in your Savior? Are you confident in Jesus Christ? Are you serving this church? Are you serving this church? And if you're not, why? And if you're not, how could you? Are you serving your community? Are you putting forth effort? Are you looking for ways that you can be used by the Lord? You see, Stephen, he was a conduit. He was just allowing his body to be used by God in whatever way that God had planned. And that is a beautiful sight. Don't you want to do that too? I know I want to. I fail at it so much, but I want to. It may look very different from person to person to person, but it is definitely something we can be striving towards. Stephen's a great example of how you witness even when you're challenged. You see, Stephen was just waiting on tables at church. I say just. He was helping the widows. But he continued to grow in his faith and grow in his maturation, grow in his ministry and his efforts to serve Jesus. And in doing so, he got to the point where he was greatly challenged by the people, probably by the people that were closest to Stephen, the people of his former synagogue. See, Stephen, he just listened to their disputes, stood his ground. And then, allowed the Holy Spirit to speak through. So he could bring forth a powerful message that wasn't his. It was somebody else's. It was Jesus Christ's message. And therefore, he had so much wisdom that no one could handle, Scripture says. It's because he was relying on the Holy Spirit, not himself. And you know, kids, adults, that's something that we don't do often enough. We too often rely on our wisdom, on our smarts, on our abilities. Instead of leaning into God and releasing it to Him, saying, I have no clue. A couple weeks ago, I had that privilege and honor and humbling experience to preach at the funeral of Michael Gaston. You talk about leaning into God. I had no 
It's not if a storm is going to come your way. It's when a storm is going to come your way. And how are you going to handle that situation? That's why scripture is so crucial. That's why understanding people like Stephen and understanding other scriptures. Because we understand then that we need to lean into God.
is Jesus Christ. The greatest of these is love. That's what it's all about. I'm a sinner. If if we had that filing cabinet, that picture of the filing cabinet that holds all your sins in it, I can't imagine how deep that filing cabinet would be for myself. What blows my mind is that Jesus Christ, in spite of all that, has forgiven me. In spite of me disregarding him so many times, over and over and over and over, he loves me. And he sits on the right hand of God, and he's interceding for me. He's saying, well, no, that one's on me. I'll, I'll take that one. I've got this one. No doubt. No, no Father, forgive me for that. He loves me. Unconditional. Well, each one of us needs to run the individual path that God has, has for us as individuals. We're going to do four quick things and then we'll pray. Four kinds. We must figure out what it means for us to first serve God and serve others. Serve God and serve others. And I say that this is an individual path because God has given each of us special gifts. <clears throat> Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's given us great abilities when we became his workers. Gifts of being a teacher, a pastor, a shepherd, the gift of exhortation, grace, mercy, faith, all those things, they're mentioned in Scripture. You see, God gifted his followers with special gifts. Each of you, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been given a spiritual gift by the Holy Spirit. Without question, you, you have been given it. On top of that, you have natural gifts. Gifts that you had prior to becoming a Christian. Things that you're talented in. Maybe you became a carpenter and, and you're great with your hands, or a mechanic, or, or a mathematician, or a musician. Use those natural gifts. Use those spiritual gifts. And in combination, use them to serve God. Use them to serve other people. Some people have been given the gift of financial well-being. Where they can bless other people. They can bless their church. They, they can see a need in somebody's life. We talked about that in the adoption and the uh, we mentioned that at the beginning of the month about uh, the uh, orphan care. It is so crucial that, that people that have been gifted and blessed with financial means, that they continue to help people in that process. There are so many ways that God can use your treasure, that God can use your talents, that God can use your time. And that's probably one of the most wasted things that we have. 
We waste our time. We waste our time on things that don't matter. Maybe going to movies like Spider-Man. But we do, we waste our time. We've seen Indian Creek. Personally, I've watched you guys as a, as a campus rally around people's lives, rally around people that need help, that need support, that need love, that need ministry, that need to be cared for and comforted. I've watched it over and over and over these past three years, and it has been amazing to watch. And I urge you to continue that. To continue to look for ways how you can do that more. Look for more opportunities. Second, we need to seek greater opportunities. Not just sticking where we're at. You see, Stephen, he was appointed, uh, some call it a deacon, where he was taking care of special needs, taking care of the tables and the widows and, and, and special requests that were being made. But he, he didn't stop right there. He didn't stop his ministry right there. He continued to learn and listen and, and, and study what the apostles were teaching until he could replicate it. And he wanted to go out and he wanted to share the gospel himself. And he did just that. And he went out and, and, and shared and, and, and used his voice to honor God, to share the gospel. Do you have places where you have a voice? Where you've been given a voice? Josh has spent some good time at Indian Creek Middle School and High School now over these past couple weeks. He has a voice now at Indian Creek. We just got a letter from the superintendent over the week thanking us and giving us the opportunity. I walked into Indian Creek schools on Tuesday, and I had free reign wherever I wanted to walk. I ended up walking into the principal's office and spent 10, 15 minutes with her, talking with her about spiritual things. I don't know where some of these people land on spiritual things, but I don't care because I'm going to just keep preaching the gospel. And that's what happens. When we get a voice somewhere, at Newark I have a voice as a school board member, as a broadcaster. We've got to use those opportunities, and I'm not using them to the fullest, of preaching the gospel, sharing God's message in clean and direct and focused ways. How about you? At your workplace? At, at the truck stop? Do you have the ear of people? At the local diner? At Newark, it might be at the BB. Here, it could be at the Casey's. At, at, at your, uh, are, are you carpooling with somebody? Do you have an opportunity there to share uh, a godly message of the gospel? We need to continue to seek opportunities to share God's word. And you know what? The question is, are you maturing in your walk? And I think that's for all of us. I'm including Bill in on this. 
serious about your walk with Jesus Christ? Are you honestly looking for ways how you can grow? You know what the most dangerous thing is? Is the people that know Scripture. And they get complacent. Because they think they know Scripture. And from my short life of reading God's Word over the last two plus decades, I have realized one thing, that I learn something new every single time I read a scripture. And maybe it's just me, but that's pretty awesome to think that the Holy Spirit continues to teach me. And I, I urge all of us, no matter how smart you are, no matter how brilliant you are, no matter how much you know God's Word, to keep reading, to keep listening to preachers, keep studying, keep examining. Every time a preacher comes up here and preaches the word, go back. Examine what they said. Don't just take what we say as, as the gospel, because the gospel is in Scripture. That's the perfect word. Are you growing? Are you looking for opportunities? Here's what I'm saying. It's the third thing that I think we should be thinking about. Are we being stretched at times? Are we being stretched? Study more, pray more, listen more, watch more, look for more opportunities. These are all things that are stretching, stretching you out. Study what other people are doing. Study people in Scripture. See what they do. Look to move forward in your walk. As I said, if you're stagnant, you are not maturing at that point. You're not moving forward. You're basically going backwards. If you're in a rut, let me tell you, there are seasons where you find yourself in a rut, a drought, if you will, and you're waiting for rain. Just keep digging in. Keep digging in and ask the Holy Spirit to move you forward. Get on your knees and just ask God. And He can encourage you. I'd love to encourage you. You can let me know. Just in private. Text me. Tell me on the side. Tell one of our elders. Man, man. I'm in a rut. I don't know what to do. I'm not excited about my walk with Christ. We'd love to pat you on the back, encourage you, lift you up, pray for you. Stretch yourself. It's very important that we are continuously doing that. Continuously stretch ourselves beyond what we think we can do in serving God. And you know what? Really, that, that's what the all-in thing is about. If I, if I get down to that was one of my notes to, to share, but it's, it's about teaching us how to stretch. That, that's talking a lot about financial stuff, but Stretching yourself in different ways, looking at a goal and saying, how can I actually stretch this even farther? How can I reach six neighbors this next year in real ways? We have January 1 coming. We all know what that means. Hey, we need to make resolutions. I'm going to work out three times a day. <laughs> January 1. You know what else I'm going to do? Is I'm going to witness to those six neighbors with my
existing capability, I'm going to be able to make major changes. But think about that. It doesn't have to start January 1st. It can start today. You wouldn't have been saying, I'll start tomorrow. It can start today. Finally, and I hope that this is true for all of you who are following Jesus Christ, that you see your life in Christ as a blessing. You see your life in Jesus Christ as a blessing and not as a burden. To live is Christ. To live is Christ. Living as a follower of Jesus Christ should never be a burden. It's often read as a benediction and a blessing. It's in the book of Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. It's a blessing to be a follower of Jesus Christ. God's blessing encompasses the total well-being that comes from being the object of His favor, not ours. Ephesians 1.3 Ephesians 1.3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. If we are following and trusting in Jesus Christ, we are blessed. Amen? We are blessed. We have the promise of eternal life with Him. To live is Christ. To die is gain. I know that we all have burdens. We all have burdens. There's someone there waiting to take our burden. Waiting for us to say, we will cast it onto you. That we will hand it over to you. We don't have to carry it. Living a life with Jesus Christ is a blessing, not a burden. Because when you are a follower, you are blessed. Whether you're seeing it or not. Because some of us think that we are not blessed because we're in a storm or we continuously see a storm. But friends, let me tell you that that is the wrong way to think. I tell you from Scripture, not from me. We are blessed because we have a sealed future of eternity with Jesus Christ. And we are here for only a short time. And in that time, our job is to bring forth God's message. We are being a conduit, just like Stephen. Bring it forth and share the words of Jesus Christ as powerfully and as often as we can. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I don't want to assume that every single person in here knows Jesus Christ. You know I do that too often. There was a gentleman who served at a church that I went to 
He served in that church for probably half a century. About a month before he passed away, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. No one knew that he was not following Jesus Christ. Friends, I don't want to assume that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But today, if you don't, today could be the day that you bow your knee to the Almighty. Because there will be a day, no matter what, whether it's today or it's Sunday, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's ready to forgive you. He's ready to absolutely take all of your sins. Remember that filing cabinet that your pastor has? You may have a filing cabinet like that. Probably less filled than mine, but you may have one. He can take those and throw them as far as the east is from the west. And friends, that's a long way. That's the beauty of who Jesus Christ is. He's ready to forgive you. He's ready not only to bless your life. Remember I said, if you live as a Christian, you are blessed. That doesn't mean life is perfect, but it means you are blessed. But he's ready to bless your life if you're going to give your life to him. He's ready to love you. He's ready to care for you. And he's ready to have the Holy Spirit dwell inside of you and seal you with eternal life. You will have storms. Holy God. There's going to be trouble. But those things will eventually dwindle. And the Lord will be Lord. Serve God. Serve others. Seek greater opportunities within your walk with Jesus. Continue to be stretched in your faith. Stretched in your ministry. Look at the light. Jesus 